You are listening to the Ingenious Podcast, where God's word is shared to build undisputed champions and mighty redeemers. This message is brought to you by the Ingenious Network. Enjoy the message. There's one thing that we need to talk about. We started the conversation on Tuesday, but it's, it's been a burden on my heart. And I believe that God really wants us to get this picture clear in our hearts and in our minds. And so, without wasting much time, let's pray and start. Father, we give you glory, we give you praise. We are grateful for the privilege of your presence. Thank you for another day. We ask that Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In the name of Jesus, Son of God, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Alright, so tonight we are praying and the, the one thing we are praying for is God consciousness, Christ consciousness, righteousness consciousness, holiness consciousness. The more I thought about it today, the more I realized that the greatest problem of the believer in encountering God is not so much about our prayerlessness or our inability to study the word, but our inability to encounter God is because we are not God conscious. Christ conscious, righteousness conscious. Now, when I was thinking about this, the Holy Spirit drew my attention to it that do I know the goal of the new creation? The ultimate goal of the new creation. So I'm going to spend the next 15 minutes to try and talk to us about the goal in creation it's a very simple message but it is so easy to miss it especially if we've gone to church for such a long time now i am tempted to cause us to read a lot of scripture but the holy spirit will help me and so we will not read a lot but we will read somehow. The purpose of the new creation, now remember on Tuesday we were talking about the 17th of the seventh month being the day that Noah entered into the new land. A picture of what the new creation will look like. Then I did also mention that on the 17th day, of the seventh month you have to understand that that is the period of in the calendar of the jews is the period where we have the atonement for sin that was the period for the atoning of sins on the 17th of the seventh month christ died on calvary now when christ died on calvary what happened was that he opened 
the new way. He opened the door to the new way. In fact, when we begin to read Hebrews chapters 8, 9, and 10, we are going to see this picture of Christ opening a new way by dying on Calvary. And when he, when he died on Calvary and he opened the new way, the new way was the purpose of the new creation. Now we saw on Tuesday how in Ephesians chapter 4, particularly in verse number 24, we are told that the new man is created in true righteousness and holiness. The new man is created in true righteousness and holiness. Now, to appreciate the purpose of the new creation, we have to read both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, in the Old Testament, we have to read about prescription for the law of the sin of friend and also the law of the guilt of these are all in the book of Leviticus. The book of Leviticus is anchored in the New Testament by the book of Hebrews. Particularly in Hebrews chapters 8 to 10, it deals with the issue of atonement or the atoning for sins. Now when we read chapter 9, chapter 9 tells us that, Hebrews chapter 9 tells us that, without the shedding of the blood, it is impossible for sins to be forgiven. Without the shedding of blood, it is impossible for sins to be forgiven. But when we read chapter 10, it says that, I'm reading uh, Hebrews chapter 10, starting from verse number 1. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? Since the worshippers having once been cleansed will no longer have any consciousness of sins. So you see the word there is consciousness of sins. But in these sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year. There is the reminder of sins every year. So it means that the purpose of the sacrifice, the guilt offering, the sin offering for the atoning of sins was to remind us of sin, was to make us sin conscious. But it says that for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. In burnt offering and sin offerings, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. When he said the above, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are offered according to the law. Then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will. 
The Bible says that he does away. I'm reading again. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once. I'm repeating again. Once and for all. By the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ, we have been sanctified once for all. Every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away list. But Hebrews 10 verse 12 says, But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sin, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting for that time until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. We might not appreciate this test if we don't know the context of the argument according to Leviticus chapter number 4. In Leviticus chapter number 4 and Leviticus chapter number 7, it deals with the sin offering and the guilt offering. Now, with regards to the sin offering, Leviticus chapter 4 says that, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying that, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, If anyone sins unintentionally, I want you to take note of it, unintentionally, in any of the Lord's command about things not to be done, and thus, any one of them if it is the anointed priest who sins bringing guilt on the people so it means that whenever a leader sins the leader brings sin on the people i want you to look at how god deals with issues so if the anointed high priest who is offering the guilt sacrifice the sin offering if he's the one who sins, his sin affects the people so he takes a bull, kills the bull at the entrance of the meeting place. He will lay his hand on the head of the bull, sacrifice the bull, take the blood of the bull, pour some of the blood at the base of the altar for burnt offering, take the rest of the blood into the sanctuary and sprinkle it. He will dip his hands in the blood and sprinkle it on the curtains seven times and you will also sprinkle it on the horns of the altar of incense. But I want you to note verse number 2, Leviticus chapter 4. It says that if the people of Israel or anyone sins unintentionally. So the emphasis is on unintentional sins. When you continue to read verse number 13, the whole congregation of Israel sins unintentionally so you realize that throughout the test the emphasis is always on unintentional sins so he says that when you sin unintentionally and it is brought to your attention you have to offer the sacrifice now the bible says that when jesus died the veil it got torn the veil where the priest would dip his his finger into the blood to go and sprinkle on the curtain seven times. The Bible says that 
that veil, it got torn from the top to the bottom. So where is the veil now to sprinkle the blood? The veil does not exist. If the veil does not exist, and he is telling that the blood of goats and bulls cannot take away sin, Christ himself offered his body to deal with the issue once and for all. What is God saying? Is God saying that there is no sin in the world? No, that's not what God is saying. God is not saying at all that there is not sin in the world. But when Jesus was offered as a sacrifice for sin, his sacrifice was once and for all. Are we dealing with one saved, forever saved? No, we are not dealing with one saved, forever saved. We are dealing with the issue of dealing with sin. In the olden time, before Christ died, whenever anybody sins, they will have to bring a bull or a goat or two turtle doves to come and atone for the ashes. Blood will have to be shed. When the blood is shed, the ashes or the bull is offered on the altar and the ashes is taken outside the tent to the place where eyes cannot see, but all the same. Every time, he say that, for unintentional sins. So, do you imagine that if you read it, eh, you realize that in Leviticus chapter 4, the only thing that God was interested in and God is asking us to be sorry for is unintentional sins. I've told you don't do A, B, C, D, but unknowingly you have done it. And it is brought to your attention that, oh, do you know that you broke law 6? Do you know that you broke law 10? Do you know that you broke law 600? So that when it is brought to your attention, or you yourself, you realize that, hey, I have broken this law. Immediately, you have to go and give your sin offering for something that you did unconsciously. So you realize that the design of the law, that is why in the book of Romans, the Bible says that the law was designed to remind us of our incapability of dealing with the sin issue. It was to remind us that we are sinners. It's to remind, so anytime Israel was, was walking, if you are an Israelite, a true Israelite, and you love God, you are always thinking, hey, have I done anything today that is a sin against God? So you realize that the design of the law is to make you sin conscious. But when Jesus came as the sacrifice to open the new way to the new creation, Jesus destroyed the power of sin consciousness. And that is why in Hebrews chapter 10, he says that whenever the sacrifices were offered, it made them sin conscious. So Jesus came to take away sin consciousness. So what he did was that he tore the veil. The veil that was the impediment of Israel to encounter God. He came to remove it. So now, if there is no veil, you cannot sprinkle the blood. If you cannot sprinkle the blood, then what God is saying is that I don't want you to think about your sin again. I don't want you to live your life always thinking, did I do something wrong? Have I offended God today? No. When Christ died, 
he dealt with the issue of sin and that is why in first john chapter number one verse number seven it says that but if you walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another not only do we have that but the blood of jesus christ his son cleanses us from all sin he didn't say that we have to offer a sacrifice for our sin to be forgiven he says that as long as you are thinking about how to live in the light you see if you are thinking about how to live in the light you are not thinking about sin it means you are thinking about righteousness how to live right how to live right with god how to please the spirit how to please jesus christ that is the thing that preoccupies your mind and the moment you are able to achieve righteousness consciousness you will realize that you will begin to have encounters of the divine you realize that your spirit your soul is naturally drawn to god your spirit your soul is naturally attractive to the angels your spirit your soul is naturally attractive to divine spirit in heavenly realms christ came to deal with your sin he doesn't even want to tell you that confess your sins now i'm not saying that don't confess your sins no that's not what i'm saying sometimes when you sin the holy spirit will explicitly draw your attention to it that as for this one you have to apologize when he does that apologize but don't wake up every day thinking about what sin did i commit today that i have to confess for and that is why i don't encourage people leading prayer meeting anymore and say that confess every sin that you have sinned even the one that you, you want to take me back to the law you want me to always think about what is what is uh, hindering my life no my the price for my liberty has been paid for christ by offering his body once and for all the key word is once and for all the key word for the levitical priest is that they offer their sins repeatedly in even that they are unable to deal with the issue of sin but christ is able to deal with the issue of sin once and for all you see the beauty about the new creation is that god says that and i will put my spirit in them when you read hebrews chapter 9 he says that and i will remember their sins no more you don't understand god says i will remember their sins no more god is not saying that you will not sin what god is saying is that i know you are going to be riddled with faults in your life but i want you to know that as long as you are living and pursuing christ as long as you are in fellowship with the holy spirit i choose not to remember your sin i choose not to this idea is so difficult for a lot of believers are you trying to say that there is no longer sin that's not what i'm saying there is sin that is why christ came to die but for those of us that have believed in the name of god and believed in his son jesus christ 
and have accepted the sacrifice and received the gift of righteousness and holiness. And we are in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and with one another, and we are in constant pursuit of the light of God, living in His righteousness. The Holy Spirit says that don't think about your sin because as you are pursuing your light, the blood automatically is dealing with your sin, has dealt with your sin, will deal with your sin. So don't wake up and ask yourself, hey, today, did I steal? Did I fornicate? No. Rather, wake up every day and think about, ah, thank you, Lord, that I am the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Thank you for this gift of righteousness. Thank you that I'm able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you that I speak the truth. I live the truth. Thank you that my heart rejoices for the truth. Thank you. God wants us to be righteousness conscious. This is the goal of the new creation. To make us righteousness, holiness, God conscious. We don't have a lot of that in our lives. And that is why in the book of Colossians, he says that being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding that we will walk worthy of Christ. There is a walk that is worthy of Christ. It is the walk of his will. That is why Jesus said, a body you have prepared. It is written of me. Oh, I have come to do your will, O God. That is the goal of the new creation. That you wake up every day and you say that, Ah, what will of God am I fulfilling today? What will of God am I fulfilling today? That is how he wants us to live our life. What is the Holy Spirit going to use me to do today? That is how he wants us to live our life. And that is why we are praying this evening. And you are asking God, that Father, in the name of Jesus, help me live my life this way. That I'll wake up with this mind. How am I pleasing you today? How will I be used by God today? How will the love of God be demonstrated in me today? How will God use me to show his kindness today? How will God use me to express his mercy today oh how will god use me to show what it means to forgive today lord i am available today express yourself through me today not oh god i was eating fufu and, and the way i ate the fufu god i'm sure that i sent there <laughs> So please forgive me. And even last week, when I was talking to Kojo, I, I, I'm sure I, I said, oh Lord, please forgive me. Every day you are confessing your sin. You are, even as of now, you are still confessing for something you did two years ago. And I will remember their sins. No more. He says that this is the covenant I will make with them in that day. I will put my spirit in them. I will write my laws in their heart. And I will remember their sins no more. No more. I will. 
he's saying that forget about the sins pay attention to doing my will pay attention to living for me pay attention to living right pay attention to what christ has achieved for you righteousness holiness or oh, pay attention to what the new way the way of glory the way of power the way of honor the way of integrity the new way lift your voice and begin to pray and say to god that god from today let me not live my life being sin conscious but let me live my life fulfilling appreciating what you achieved for me on Calvary that day when you tore the veil in two and you set me free from my sins Bible says that to whom the son of man will set free that person is truly free indeed if he says that your sins are forgiven truly your sins are forgiven if you are living in sin if you are fornicating if you are lying if you are stealing as i am speaking know that that is not the way of the believer if you are living like that the bible says that you are of your father the devil know that you are a son or a daughter of satan what you are doing is just camouflage if you truly love god you will let go because that is no longer part of you that part of you died what has died cannot live again what has died stays in the soul stays buried cannot come back and dwell among the living the bible says that mortify the flesh literally means kill the flesh slaughter your flesh that one thing that is able to lead you away from god that is always causing you to live a sin conscious life the holy spirit says let it go let it go let it go let it go and allow the spirit to write his story through you let it go the consciousness of the spirit the consciousness of jesus the consciousness of righteousness the bible says that the blood of jesus is able to cleanse even our consciousness the blood the blood the blood the blood god bless you for listening maranatha the lord comes